Do you think COVID-19 has changed the way we do church? What changes, if any, should the church leadership make as we move forward from COVID-19? Who is not returning to church and why not? And how do we draw those people back if it's possible at all? And have we actually learned any lessons from this pandemic? We're going to talk to an expert about this and more next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the uh, Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, how are you today? We're looking at video here, and I see you've got a bed or two in your office. Yes, we are getting ready for out-of-town guests to come celebrate Grandma's 97th birthday. So the home office is getting converted into a bedroom. 97 years old. That's amazing. Well, good for her. Well, I'm sure... Today is her birthday. Ah, great. Well, tell her I said happy birthday. She'll go, who? (laughs) But, you know... (laughs) Uh, anyhow, well, uh, we have, uh, th- thanks everybody for being a part of our podcast today. Uh, and, uh, we come at you every week and, uh, we work with churches and ministries with tech and other things. And, uh, we love helping ministries. And today we have a special guest. Uh, he is the executive pastor of 12 stone church, which is in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Uh, he previously partnered with John Maxwell for like two decades and uh, uh, he was first an executive, uh, the executive pastor at Skyline Wesleyan Church, which is in San Diego, where John used to be. And then he uh, was also vice president of, of leadership and church development at Enjoy, which, again, is a John Maxwell organization. So uh, our guest is best known as a, a leader that has a real pastor's heart. And uh, he, he does coaching. Uh, he really does love the local church. He's got some great articles, which we'll share with you. Um, and he's one of the most innovative church thinkers of today. And uh, he really has a desire to empower leaders and develop them. And he also likes guitars. Uh, and he's got lots of them, I think. And uh, so our guest today is Dan Ryland. Dan, thank you for being on the Church Solutions Podcast. Thank you, Phil. It's really a pleasure to be back with you and, and Steve as well. I'm looking forward to our chat. This is going to be great. Yeah, good. So uh, you still have a lot of guitars? I do. I do. My wife is very kind to me. She uh, And she laughs at me and laughs with me when, when I sell the last one that I had to have to buy the next one that I have to have, right? <laughs> so yeah. I think I'm in that 15, 16 area. You know, I, I try not to, I don't know, but it's fun. It's just fun. It's fun. Yeah. Is it? Is it electric or acoustic? Um, mostly electric, three or four <laughs> acoustics. But I came, you know, as a kid of the 60s and fell in love with it. And so here we are. Yeah, here we are. Wow. Well, good deal. Good for you. So, so Dan, you wrote an article several months ago, and I don't remember the title. But uh, what I'm talking, what I'm going to talk, what I'm going to call this podcast today is Church Life After the Pandemic. Uh-huh. Uh, but although, you know, in the news here lately, I mean, are we out of this pandemic or not? And, and you know, with the variants and everything going on, 
let me ask you, we got some questions lined up for you, but just from your experience recently, how's things going with this pandemic? Are, are, is, are people hesitant because of, the, of, the, uh, of this mutation that's going out there? Uh, are, are they hesitant to come back to, ch- hesitant to, come back to church from, from what you've heard? Um, I don't think that people who haven't come back yet are hesitant to come back because of the variant. I think that the people who have come back seem to be maybe not the early adopters, but the people who have come back, they're pretty comfortable and pretty relaxed. The people who have not yet come back, that has slowed them down maybe a little longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's interesting. I'm just wondering what's going on out there. We talked to you know a lot of people because we do streaming video, but uh, yeah, I'm just curious because in certain parts of the country, it's, you know, things are spiking mostly for people that are unvaccinated. Uh, but yeah. All right. So uh, Steve and I wanted to ask you a few questions. The first yeah. thing I was going to ask you here was, you know, going through this whole thing we had the last year with COVID-19 in your opinion, has, has it changed the way we do church permanently? You know, I love the question. Uh, I think it's changed people permanently. I think it's changed culture permanently. I don't know if it's changed the church permanently because I don't think all church leaders have decided if they're going to change yet. Um, but it's but the world has changed. There's no question. Uh, we'll never be the same. And that doesn't mean worse. It just means it's changed. And and I think it could be better. But when you know, almost a year ago, uh, our senior pastor, founding and senior pastor Kevin Myers, did this great sermon and about how to treat and honor people who felt differently about um, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And he used this illustration. He used the Book of Romans, honor one another, but um, he used this illustration of a traffic light. You know, green, yellow, red, or some people say red, yellow, green. However, you do it, you know, whatever you want, but. <laughs> The, it's a whole sermon, but let me do the 10 second version. If you were, if you approach the pandemic green light, which there are many, it was like, I don't want a mask. I want a hug, you, you know, and, and the, the yellow lights, they were like, uh, I need, I'm going to come back. You know, is it, how are you guys doing? Is it cleaned up? Are you, are you spacing the seating? Do you have masks on? Then the red lights were, um, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back for a long time. I might not come back. And here's the surprise, uh, Phil, that we use that language and it really helped brilliantly for us to talk with volunteers or for them to talk with us. But what was the surprise is people now have locked on to the green, yellow, and red semi-permanently. And so a lot of the people who haven't come back are yellows and reds that we thought would all turn, not we, but churches across the country, we thought they'd all go green again. They haven't. And so the yellows and reds have kind of stayed that way. And that goes back to your first question, is this variant, you know, what's it doing to that? I think it's sort of making the yellows brighter yellow and the and the reds brighter red. Um, let me say one more thing, if we just have a second. Yeah. If you think about the, the road we've been on, this is fascinating about current church history because it's going to be written down one day maybe you guys can write about it you think about just last just last year right first people couldn't go to church they couldn't go right next last march april may june july they couldn't go to church then people didn't need to go to church because we figured out online they figured out online and even though they were getting honest after a couple of months of that about well 
I'm really just staring at my laptop while I'm pouring syrup on my kids' pancakes. I'd love to come back, but I don't know that I need to. So it went from people couldn't go to church to they didn't have to go to church to now many people simply no longer go to church because they have a new lifestyle. They have adapted new habits. Mm -hmm. And that's what's changed. That's what's changed. New habits. My, uh, my son was just interviewing for another job and he's asking me a bunch of questions about expectations of this new position. And it's kind of consistent with what you're talking about. I think, you know, I replied to one of his texts. I said, I think work has changed. I said, it's not, it's not what it was, you know, more than a year ago. I think the whole culture of, you know, how you work is kind of reinforcing what you're saying has completely changed. So people's expectations are very different. So, you know, he was, he wants to work from home. He'd like to work from home all the time if he could. And so he, and moving in and accepting this new job, he's trying to feel out boundaries. And, and I said, I think, I think people are going to be, I think the attitude has changed dramatically in the past year and a half for how people treat how you get stuff done. So, and that's how you get to church too. Yeah. My, my, uh, my son as well, he's a, a software developer and his company sent them all home for the last year. Now they, there are a lot of young, you know, kind of they've done midtown vibe and that 30 year old type and uh, they don't want to come back. And they're, they're all asking. So we've proven for a year, we've been highly productive or hiring people. We're doing, we're doing well. We have to come back. So, Steve, yeah, I, I, you're right. It's changed. Interesting. The interesting thing will be in, in after a while, will, will the change that's happened in people match with the organizational expectations for culture, for chemistry, for getting along, all that kind of stuff? And will, will organizations begin to say, I don't want to say the word demand, but will they require people to come back? It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. So we just this past weekend, we um, went to uh, we attended church and then we went out to eat and we ran into some people from church and they said, we didn't see you at church. And, so, and we said, well, we actually watched online this week. And I think of it from the perspective of the pastor and the staff. He didn't see our warm bodies in the seat. And so they may have taken you know, our absence from not being in the facility differently than others. How, how are pastors, how do they need to adjust to that? Or do they need to adjust to that? Or do they need to stay encouraged that, you know, their online numbers, you know, what's your feelings about that whole kind of shift? That's a really good question. I think, I think a lot of us as pastors uh, answer that organizationally and we can answer it personally. And I think we're all learning that, that first of all, you've got to adapt and it is a radical shift when you, when kind of the, the majority of large churches, if I give a very, very average number, I know there's highs and lows, there's outliers, but a really good solid average would be about 50% of the attendance of what large and larger churches had pre-pandemic to post. It's about 50%. And that's, that's an adjustment. Um, and I think I think pastors and church leaders overall are really quite fine with online and micro sites and connections and that's okay. 
um, there's really nothing wrong at all. I think as long, here's our concern, here's would be my concern. There's, online is great if engagement matches, if it matches. Um, I think if there's genuine fellowship, genuine connection, genuine serving the community, if, if you're still truly engaged as a Christian in community, great. But if you're, if anybody's become drifting because of independent or isolation or not lacking connection, I think that could be dangerous for any anybody's walk. I can see that that shift happening. So that's definitely going to be a challenge. And and I can see how the it's tough to connect like you do in person. Right. And so. So are there things that pastors can do to encourage that connection when we're going through this kind of shift of environment? I think, I think gently without guilt, uh, certainly without guilt and without pressure, people have to be able to come back on their own time, but just to encourage the, the need and the value uh, of connection. Uh, we, you mentioned a, a different post earlier. Uh, one of the illustrations I use is, you know, if you've got, uh, grandma and grandpa, or even mom and dad in another state from kids, is is a, is an online Zoom connect? You know, good, sure it is. But would somebody probably rather be in person with family? Probably. And uh, and the other illustration I've used as well is um, probably if now this is I'm I, I'm acknowledging I'm pushing the point a little bit, but it just makes it's just a picture. If would somebody want to visit in the hospital from a loved one or a friend on a Zoom camera or in the hospital room with them? And so, again, I'm not trying to overdo it. I'm just saying that there is something to being in person. There is something to a, a live connect. So while I'm a huge fan of online, I think the encouragement is that personal connection, the authenticity, the the something that happens when human chemistry is close up. I think something changes with human chemistry when you're close up. Yeah. I, uh, we had a guest on here a couple months ago and I, I can't remember who it was, but one of the things he was saying is content is now available all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people, most people are not really going to attend a church service just for the content. Right. Uh, and especially now because they can get the content 24 seven, anytime they want, they can go online and, get the content, yeah. uh, but they're coming because they want to connect and have relationships with people. And uh, so uh, I can't remember our guest. I don't know if Steve, if you can remember or not, but, uh, and I remember reading something Tony Morgan said similar, and that is, you know, online is never going to replace people connecting with each other, you know, person to person. And uh, I think that that's, and I think the, the point of the, of the interview we had was, uh, leaders need to continue to develop uh, not just great content, but opportunities for people to connect and, and to, to build relationships. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyhow, yeah. That's an interesting illustration, the, the, the red light, green light, yellow light that you said earlier. But I have to tell you, every time you mention that, I, I, think, I, think it's an, I think it's an old Robin Williams joke when he was playing Mork and Mendy. Uh, you know, learning the, the, the way he's an alien, right? Learning the ways of, of, and red means stop, green means go, yellow means speed up and go faster. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the joke. So we're, we're off track here, but, but anyhow. All right. So, all right. So uh, you had said something, you wrote something 
uh, that I saw on Facebook just the other day, five reasons people are drifting from church. And, and I think you maybe touched on a little bit of it there. Can, can we get off track here? And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll upset Leslie, your uh, assistant, and we'll, we'll ask you some different questions here. <laughs> but but you, you, you talk about five reasons people are drifting away from church. What's a couple of them? Oh, you know, I'll, I'll add a new one to it. Probably one of the, one of the big ones is the, a change in lifestyle. Uh, I think that's, that's, a, that's a drift. Yeah, which you uh, just mentioned. Yeah, people are getting yeah. out of the habit. And... Yeah, it's just a it's it's a yeah. new lifestyle. I think I think another one is um, well, I, I, we could be candid here, right? I think I think culture is so on edge that with division, divisive things, that what was once uh, a little more easy to let go and focus on the Great Commission, focus on Christ, focus on the Word of God, now there are uh, surfacing agendas. And that has increased um, tension to the point where people don't like decisions the pastors are making. In other words, the pastor didn't say this, and I wanted him to, I'm mad, I'm, I'm not coming back. The pastor did say this, and I'm mad, and I'm not coming back. Or the pastor made a decision to not say something you know, that I didn't like, right. um, I'm not coming back. And so that's one that's causing drift, um, that's you know, not so good. Um, yeah. I think uh, uh, another but one. Is that, is that something new, though? I mean, people have been, or how is that that's, that's something new? I, I know think it's getting worse, but go ahead. Yeah, you know, I don't think, you're right, Steve. I don't think any of these, well, maybe some of them are. The new lifestyle certainly would be. I don't think any of them are new. I think they're so greatly accelerated and amplified that they feel new. Mm-hmm more sensitized, I guess, or more, yeah. people are more emotional about things. Yeah. Uh, I, no, no question about it. Yeah. I'm not even sure I can remember everything. I write, I write so much. I don't, I don't know. Oh, that's, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Actually I did, but, but, but no, those are good points though. And, 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 and again, what's the solution to that? Right. I mean, our culture is just seems like there's this divide is happening even among the Christian church. And yeah. What's the solution to something like that? <laughs> and, and honestly, I, I, I'm going to take a risk at a possibly trite-sounding answer, but I, I really believe this, guys. Uh, if we just don't seek the unity that comes from Christ, there isn't an answer yeah. because the road we're on is division, and and the only place we're going to be unified is to set our set all of our agendas aside, focused on Christ, and move forward with Him and for Him. Uh, and I, I know what that sounds like, and I'm a little Pollyanna, but I really believe it. And, and yeah. here's what I do believe. There is no other solution. Nobody else. There isn't another solution than that. Um, so that's really why we have so much, or why I have so much, and you have so much passion about the gospel and about church, um, because that's that's how we come back together. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what are some ways that churches can do church better today versus, you know, pre-pandemic in light of, you know, what we're talking about, are there some, is there some advice? Is there some tips? Are there some things to avoid or some things to encourage? Is there, there's something that you could help, you know, another pastor that's is struggling with 
with this right now. Maybe their their attendance is down and they're they're running scared that they might offend some more people. And there's not as many people in the building, so it feels kind of empty, but they got a fairly number of uh, some people online and they feel like, you know, the church is divided some, you know, what, what's some things that we could do or what's some encouragement for a pastor yeah. um, to work in this new church better in this current age? Well, I think that the number one encouragement I would give is that uh, if there was ever a time, uh, I've given several thoughts here and uh, you let me know if we're getting short on time, but I think if there was ever a time when we get to innovate and try things new, it's now. If there was any ever a time that we could redesign and rebuild the church, make mistakes, receive grace, and do something different, it's now. If there was ever a time when people really need Jesus, it's now. And uh, I think that's incredibly encouraging. There's freedom, new stuff, build new stuff, try and make mistakes, change stuff up, innovate, break it, do it again. It's okay. Um, and and what the pastors and churches are offering is phenomenal. Uh, I think I'd go on to say uh, some some re- re- really key decisions have to be made. We often talk about change, but I would I, I like to change the word change <laughs> to decisions. What decisions need to be made? Now, one of the things I think is vital in, in the, all the coaching and consulting I do is the decision on whether or not you're going to be stuck in the past or move forward. A lot of my uh, call, yeah, not a lot, but uh, a significant number of, of leaders are a little bit stuck in the past and not stuck like they won't change. They want to change, but stuck sort of lamenting the loss. They're lam- Remember the 50% and all? They're lamenting the loss rather than saying the loss is what it is. And, I, and maybe it's a loss and maybe it isn't. Um, be in the present and go forward. Make the decision to say, this is what we have. This is who we are. This is what culture is. Let's go forward because you're not going to get forward if you go forward if you don't if you get stuck in the past and lament the loss. Go forward. There's all kinds of new opportunities. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of people who still need Christ. I think another decision that has to be made is how you want to handle online presence. Um, I think it's an it's an encouraging factor that we have. If another variant hits or something else hits, we've all learned we can we can do pretty much the whole thing online. It's not ideal. We talked about relationships and connection, but we can do stuff online we didn't think we could. Another one I think is important is make decisions about multiplication strategy. You know, I, I think that the church is responsible to multiply. So what do you what do you want to do? Do you want a church plant? Do you want to be multi-site? But what, what do you want to do? You want to do mergers and all that stuff? And then maybe one last one, more again, back to the heart, um, is in the heart of the, the, we talked about things like division and and there's so much pressure, again, to try to encourage the leaders and pastors, there's so much pressure. And I think if you you give in to pressure, it's only going to, the stress is only going to rise. And what I would encourage you is make your decisions based on your values, not on your pressures. If you if you'll get crunched under the pressures and the voices and the noise, you've got to just sort of shut that out, seek wise counsel, and make your decisions based on your values and what you believe, not on the pressure and the noise, because the pressure and the noise is never going to relent and your, your stress will rise. So you'll find more peace inside 
if you'll say, you know what, I know this is going to make everybody happy, but these are the values we've always believed. This is the truth we've always known. These are the decisions we're going to make. Yeah, that's good advice. That's really good advice because I, I'm sure it's very tempting to, to acquiesce and say, well, you know, I can do what these people want and that pressure will go away and you know, I can get past this crisis. But I think we find out all too often that it just creates other issues and and makes things worse. So it's good advice going with your values. So um, as, as we look forward, what does the church look like five years from now then? You know, how, the, 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 the churches that are doing well, what do they look like? Um, how are they different? How are they the same? Um, how's the landscape for doing church? What's it look like in five years from today? Yeah, Got well, any ideas yeah. there? A couple ideas. I know that I know that I'm not a prophet here. So, but one thing than others is um, I don't know that church services look that different. If we just want to be honest, um, there's so much talk about you know, change the church and change everything and you know and 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 when I look at the little churches and the big churches and the thriving churches and the suffering churches, uh, struggling churches the services kind of look a lot alike. There's a sermon, there's worship, we, we greet each other. I mean, um, I, think, I think sometimes too much emphasis is being placed on, you have to do your service different. I think it's a nuance of perception and attitude. And that's this. Uh, it's, of course, there's changes, there's online, we've been talking about all that kind of stuff, but it's more about the fact that people have changed so when they return, they, they experience everything differently. And so if the leadership isn't aware of how people feel, how people have changed, how they see life different, then they don't realize that even if you did or didn't change your service, people look at it different. For example, the way the seats are, how close they are, you know, the, the old-fashioned handshaking, people see that stuff different now. And so it's, I think the wise leader of the future, Steve, the wise leaders of the future are going to focus on what the people are feeling and thinking and be perceptive and intuitive and read the room. And that may or may not change the service, but it will change how we interact with each other. That's a really big deal to think about. We're just about out of time here. Dan Ryland's our guest today. Uh, real quickly, have we learned anything have we learned any lessons from this pandemic? I think so. I hope so. I don't know. We we relearn, we learn over and over again. I think we've learned that we that Phil, we, we may be in charge, but we're not in control. Yeah. Uh, I think God is, and we know that, but it's pointing us back to him. And I think that's a really good thing coming out of a pandemic is that we're, we've been forced to look to God more maybe than we have in the past. I think I think we've learned that we can adapt faster than we thought we could. Mm -hmm. And I think the church did great with it. Uh, online, of course, is the best illustration. I think, I think we've learned that we can do things we thought couldn't be done. That's different than adapt. Adapting is changing something we knew we could do. Um, doing things we didn't think we could do, that's big. Like, for example, I heard dozens and dozens and dozens of churches say, well, you can't do children's ministry online. Well, guess what? Apparently you can't. <laughs> mm -hmm. So 
we learned we can do things that we thought we couldn't do. And that's phenomenal. And so I'm in many ways, I know I love the church, so I'm, but I'm proud of the church. We adapted. And, yeah. and like, like many of the restaurants and coffee shops and things that are out of business, the church is not out of business. We adapted. We're still in, we're still going, we're still learning. And I don't know. I think God keeps changing lives, even in crisis. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Well, we're out of time here. Dan Ryland has been our guest. He's the executive pastor of 12 Stone Church out of Lawrenceville, Georgia. I don't know where Lawrenceville is. Where's Lawrenceville, Georgia? Uh, we are, Lawrenceville is about 45 miles northeast of the airport, Hartsfield. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good deal. All right. And uh, uh, Dan, Dan, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way for them to to reach out to you? Do you have some kind of a contact information you can give people, email address or yeah. blog or something? Yeah, if you go to my blog, that's an easy way to connect. I'm on social media. On on uh, uh, you can find me on uh, um, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm easy to find. But if you go to danryland.com, okay. you'll find my blog. You can subscribe there and yeah. comment. And I try to answer almost everyone. I miss a few, but I'm pretty easy to find on social. Yeah, good deal. And and uh, we'll probably uh, uh, put some of this content is going to be on our blog as well. Thanks for your permission to do that blog. Sure. Word blog period streamchurch.tv. Am I right, Steve? Did I get that right? Blog. <laughs> regular people call it blog.streamingchurch.tv. But uh, what did I say? You I, said I blog period. Oh. Like streaming church period dot or streaming church period TV. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> I always mess something up, don't I? Every, every podcast, there's something that I goof up on. Hey, real quicker, before we go away, this podcast is brought to you by MyChurchDaily.com. Uh, if you want to be uh, your church, your ministry could be on Alexa. You could have a flash briefing by going to MyChurchDaily.com. We have a 14-day free trial. And yes, it's us. We're, we're it's one of our products. So check out MyChurchDaily.com. Let, let us know what you think and try it out. So there you have it. All right, Dan Ryland, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. We'll have you on again sometime soon. Uh, Steve Lacey, thank you for your input. Glad to be here. And most of all, folks, thank you for either watching this or listening to the Church Solutions Podcast. Uh, my name is Phil Thompson. Take care of yourself. We'll catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast.